Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Vet Chat and today is all about the new grad phase of our careers. Now I don't know what your first uh, feelings are from whether you've been a new graduate or, or you know indeed if you're still a student and you're excited about that very first paycheck. Um, I can certainly assure you that mine was very poorly spent on a large television. Uh, but other than the paycheck, um, there's so much more that goes into your life as a new graduate. Um, and it can be quite a daunting phase of your career, of course, but it can also be a really exciting and, you know, uh, really engaging period of exponential learning. And I'm delighted to be joined by Lizzie Busey Dyke, who is founder of Grads to Vets. And, and is doing great things in this this new grad space. Uh, and I have to say, speaking as someone who's 12 years qualified, I'm truly jealous of that new grad phase because I really I really miss that. But Lizzie, I just wonder if you could take take a, a minute to, to introduce yourself to people. So you're a 2014 grad from Cambridge. So what happened then? Yeah, so um, as you say, graduated from Cambridge, uh, very excited to finish six years of study. I don't know how everybody else felt about it, but by year six, I was absolutely ready to get out of there. Um, as much as I loved it, I just felt ready for the world. But of course, as you described, it's so daunting starting work and taking on all that professional responsibility, having just sort of been a student for, for such a long time. And I set off to rural Somerset, um, to a small independent practice and um, started work there as a smallies only vet uh, with a lovely one in three on-call racer, as I do, we all love that, but um, actually, you know, really enjoyed it and, and hugely valued those on-call experiences. And yeah, I just found that I, I, I felt ready for it and I, I really enjoyed having that professional responsibility. Don't get me wrong, I was exhausted. I don't know whether you'd agree, Ben, but like, everything about me ached after my first week of work. I just completely mentally and physically drained. But of course, you know, that gets easier as your body adjusts to just actually standing up and not sitting in lecture theatre. So no, I, I had a really enjoyable first year and then moved to a couple of other independent practices. And we've only recently settled in, in Norfolk um, at yet another independent practice uh, because we've sort of nested down and, and had our baby and now I think we're going to try and not move around so much we've we've done the move around thing now and we're, we're quite keen to stay put and uh look at schools and all those scary things that you have to do at this well I was going to describe myself as middle-aged but maybe maybe I'll leave that for others to judge <laughs> yeah and it, it is it's you know it's I look at my first job and you know I've sort of gone full circle I graduated in 08 I moved up to Newcastle uh, and then I moved to the Midlands and then I moved back to Newcastle. And then I ultimately came back full circle to home to Liverpool eight years post-graduation. And of course, we do have a tendency as, as veterinary professionals to have that sort of nomadic lifestyle. Um, and many of us, of course, for that first job does involve, you know, a, a change of location. But something that has become sort of a new phenomenon in, in the last 10 years is this sort of new grad scheme. And it's the sort of, you know, do I go to a corporate with a new grad scheme or, you know, do I go to an independent without a new grad scheme? And of course, you, you notice the gap in the market there with, with setting up grads to vets that, you know, the, there wasn't a sort of centralised new graduate scheme that catered to independent practices. So what, what fueled that, that sort of desire to get involved in that space? 
Well, it actually started when I was still at university. I went to um, to a pizza talk. You know, one of those talks where they bring you pizza. And uh, to be honest, I was there for the pizza. I'm not going to be uh, <laughs> around the bush. And it was it was one of the corporate groups coming to talk about their graduate program. Um, and I dutifully sat through the, the talk because I had come for the pizza. Um, but actually, you know, as I sat through it, I started thinking, gosh, there's a lot of things that really appeal to me here. You know, there's excellent CPD, there's increased support. And, um, and I, I was, I'd already, you know, secured my first job, knew where I was going. And I was really happy with that decision. Um, but it was working for an independent practice who didn't have access to one of these graduate programs. Um, and that just kind of, just lodged in the back of my brain somewhere, I suppose, and then went into year one and obviously the whirlwind of just trying to work out how to use the computer and everything. And it got very much put to the back of my mind. But then a couple of years later, probably, I think, three years out of university, I started kind of mulling over the fact that a lot of my friends had had just really mixed variable support. And, and CPD. And in year one, I had spent my um, humble CPD budget on, I think, something like um, the London Vet Show, which was really enjoyable, but it wasn't tailored specifically for the new grad. And I certainly was terrified of putting up my hands in a big lecture theatre and asking a new grad question when there were people in the room that had been qualified for 50 years. And I think I, I saw the value of what being in a small group of new graduates would have meant to me in year one, because I would have been able to ask all those embarrassing questions. And I mean, you know, I've been to the London Vet Show almost every year, love it. So, you know, only got good things to say about it. But I think in year one, it's just really helpful, even if it's an addition, um, to have some CPD that's, that's designed specifically for graduates. And as I say, I saw some friends um, not doing so well and not having such supportive um, first years. And, you know, consequently, I'm sure you're in a similar boat. We've both had friends who've left the profession for various reasons. But you can't help reflecting on the fact that actually having a good supported first year has got to be a good start, sets you in good stead. And if, you know, there's nothing wrong with leaving the profession, of course, but if you are somebody that could get a good career out of being a vet and could enjoy that, having a first year could be so, so helpful in, in establishing those, those healthy kind of work-life balance and healthy working practices. Mm. So um, with that in mind, um, in 2018, when I was sort of four years graduated, we... we we started the graduate program for uh, independent practices just to sort of equalize the offering really that corporates were already doing. And, you know, that's where the corporate space has, um, is so inspiring because they do put time and energy um, and money into really looking at, at these kind of things. And, um, and so, you know, it's been great to kind of learn from that and try and design a program that really works for independent practices um, so that they can offer the same CPD and support that the corporate world is, is able to do. And I think that's the great thing with it is that it isn't a, you know, the, the corporate independent sort of comparison often comes to an, an us versus them circumstance. But in actuality, this is nothing like that. This is like going, you know what, this is something that has been really well adopted and used to great effect in, in the corporate sphere. But obviously, you know, as you've alluded to, it is time expensive it is financially expensive to to set up these kind of things and to put the resource into developing them so for me it, it's really encouraging that there's someone who's gone to the the effort of setting this up for the independent sphere I'm, I'm, i have to say i'm glad it's you who's done the work for it and not me <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, sort of many of those decisions that, that start coming around for people at undergraduate, you know, sort of level is is independent versus corporate. And of course, the presence of a grad scheme is 
sometimes a key differentiator in in that that space. So it's great that there's something to to drag it onto a, a level plane. But in terms of you know grad schemes, broad spectrum, what what are the benefits compared to not doing one? Yeah, so I think it's a really interesting question because I think people do fixate on grad schemes, um, perhaps more than actually they should. And, and this is me saying it with a, with a heavy grad scheme background. And um, I think there's some huge benefits to being part of a grad scheme. Um, but I will caveat that by first of all saying that, and I'm sure you'd agree here, Ben, but interesting to hear your thoughts, that the most important thing is finding a practice, be it corporate or independent, that you feel comfortable with because day to day your life is going to be in the practice regardless of whether you're on a grad scheme whether you're on any of the different grad schemes or whether you're not on a grad scheme at all day to day you're still relying on those people that you've chosen to work with to to be to be there for you and create a good work working atmosphere so i would always say to anybody that i speak to about the grad scheme that's number one but number two closely follows is having a good kind of external support and cpd set up for you and I think the really big benefits of the grad scheme that we see, and obviously, you know, I can only comment on the benefits that, that we see within grads to vets, but I'm sure that many of these um, go across the other grad schemes too, are um, having that peer group of, of graduates to kind of empathise with, talk to throughout the year at the CPD, and we were just discussing what be the challenges of this online, but still very much possible. At, it does create a peer group support, which you may not otherwise have. And I know when I started out, I was working with just me and the two partners who were quite a bit older than me. Um, and so to have had that sort of peer group of a small group of grads to chat through problems and say, oh, that's how you're feeling. Great. That's how I'm feeling too. And that happened to you. Great. That's happening to me. It's just so valuable. And to hear those lunchtime conversations going on always really warms my heart. So that's one huge benefit. The second benefit is that we have created all of these courses based on focus groups and surveys of what people would have liked to learn in their year one. And we all know that although university is fantastic, it doesn't prepare us for every eventuality, of course. And um, the moment you get into practice, you suddenly see which relevant bits you haven't picked up on or you didn't switch on for. Um, And so areas, for instance, dentistry is highlighted to me over and over again by graduates. Um, And we've put a really big chunk of dentistry into our course because it's people say we need it you know we just get it out there on day one we're asked to be doing dentals and actually we're not comfortable with it so it's that it's that very specialized tailored um curriculum essentially that's supposed to complement your year one learning that you're doing in the practice that um a graduate scheme can offer whereas the op- the opposite opportunity would just be to have a have a package of have a CPD allowance that you're allowed to spend in any way. And I think speaking to graduates, most graduates find that quite overwhelming in year one because there's just so much choice um, and you don't know what's going to be grad suitable and what's actually just going to go over your head. So I think that it takes the stress out of organising the CPD as well. Um, And the third thing is that by RCVS um, standards, you don't need to do any CPD in year one. So you you can just do the PDP, which is working through the um, online portal um, and a lot of self-reflection in there. And it, it's extremely valuable. I don't think anybody would deny that it's, that it's a really useful exercise. But I would argue that you still need to do some CPD in your one just because you want to. That's when it suddenly is all relevant and interesting. And all those lectures that you tuned out of because you couldn't see the relevance at uni, suddenly you're like, please teach me something because I need to feel like I know. So um, I think CPD in year one is so valuable in making you feel like you're developing um, and really aids the PDP 
CDP process. Um, and then the last aspect of grad schemes is often there's some kind of mentorship or coaching within those. And within ours, certainly there is both. So we um, we provide a, an external mentor in the form of a recent graduate who is there as a listening ear and can offer that their shared experience. Um, and often those grads have been through our scheme themselves, so they know exactly what the grad's going through. And then in addition, we train another vet in the practice up as a clinical coach. And that coaching process is much more about um, drawing out your knowledge and developing you as a vet rather than teaching per se. Um, but it's, you know, it's proven in so many industries. I know you're a big fan of coaching, Ben, to be such a powerful tool. Um, and at that point where you do have all the knowledge, you just need to kind of get it out and get it going. It's, it's a really useful thing to be doing, I think. And, um, and so we, we make sure that someone else in the practice has had that training to sort of be able to support you. So lots of extra support, lots of extra CPD, as opposed to not having a grad scheme at all. Um, and I, I think the benefits um, are, are borne out by the fact that graduates want to be on grad schemes. You know, that, that's a definite recurring theme, as you said. And that, that is something that, you know, I've noticed, you know, obviously when I graduated, and it makes me feel somewhat like a dinosaur you know, all, all 12 years ago that, you know, grad schemes just, you know, they weren't a thing. You know, no one, had, no one had heard of them in our profession at that stage at that point. And there is this, I suppose, a concern that you go from one end of the spectrum to another where there then becomes this full reliance on a grad scheme. But, you know, when we look at professions like medicine, like dentistry, where you have, you know, your F1 foundation years and, and your vocational training years, the, the grad schemes are obviously a little bit of a, you know, a sort of nod towards that kind of structured learning. And of course, as, as a profession that rightly or wrongly has always been perhaps, well, what's the polite way of describing it? A little more laissez-faire towards our, um, t- towards our sort of, you know, directed learning graduation <laughs> um, you know, when I look at, you know, friends and family who, who are doctors, I mean, you know, they, they run, audits on the stuff that they've done you know they have to run case reports and you sit there thinking oh god yeah like, yeah what did you do I, I put three things down this week you know two of them went well one of them nearly landed on top of me kind of thing and i think you know there are i think it is important for us to learn to take reflections but not necessarily in a in a sort of you know self-deprecating manner you know the the everything that goes well or poorly is an educational experience now you, you sort of alluded to the pdp stuff earlier how does a grad scheme sit in line with with pdp well again i can only really comment on how our grad program um works alongside that but within our grad program we a discuss it actively initially at the beginning of the, the year but actually also sort of midway through the year we have a a few hours discussing it and I think that's really important because at the beginning there's just so much going on and some people just aren't ready to engage with that at that point um so you normally find that kind of halfway through the year um those people are suddenly ready to start thinking about it and that's fine you know um it it, some people won't be ready to get going on day one ticking ticking things off and, and reflecting and I don't think that everybody um should have to but obviously the the PDP it's 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 great but not only is it great it's also compulsory so we have to do it um and so um and so it's really important to engage with it but it is one of those exercises and i I hope that the rcvs would find this a fair comment that you get what you you get out what you put in so it can be done without getting much out of it but only if you don't put much into it 
and uh, you know as with everything in life if you actually um develop your self-reflection skills through that first year doing the pdp it's going to stand you in fantastic stead going forwards for any future learning certificates but actually just for having a fulfilling career and being able to reflect on your progress so um it's i think initially it's an important development that the rcbs have sort of added it and as you say you know i think um, probably 12 years ago the, the pdp wasn't there either so it's all it's all happening and, and great that it is. Um, but the the grad schemes and the way they support that is usually through um, having a, a mentor or a coach within the practice that's then able to talk to you through the year um, and help you develop those reflection skills and also help you uh, um, identify where there are areas that actually you need to get some cases for the PDP because the PDP is um is is essentially a subject um, categorised system where you want to be seeing cases from different areas in whichever field you're working, um, and consequently you might just have a gap. You know, I know I didn't see you know many neuro cases, for instance, for six months into practice, and then I suddenly looked at my PDP. I was like, I haven't seen any. Yeah, I can't reflect on them because there just haven't been any. So um, that was great to then you know that's the sort of thing you could then bring up with your clinical coach and brainstorm ways that you would be able to find some neuro cases. Maybe it's a case of just pinging out an email to everyone in the practice saying. Eek, Lizzie would love to see some neuro cases. If you see anything coming in that sounds wobbly or, you know, wonky eyed, then please, please get Lizzie on, on there. So um, having that coaching process, which we aim to, we ask our practices to, to sort of have a sit down monthly um, at a minimum. So that means that, you know, if there are those gaps, they are they're able to pull them up really early and the graduates able to sort those out. Um, and hopefully that does mean that the PDP can be pretty easily approached and, and made the most of as well. And I think, you know, that that is, we, we, we don't want our profession to just become, you know, a tick box exercise and we don't want vets and nurses to become drones um, because actually one of the great things about our profession is that we will always see stuff that we've not seen before. And, you know, I, I still look at cases that I see now and it is that thing. I think the only thing that happens as you get more experience is you could become better at hiding from the owner <laughs> that you haven't got a damn clue what's going on. So they're, oh, that's fascinating is that yes and um, the scales in my room aren't working right now so we're just going to take fluffy through with us through to the back uh, where all of our textbooks just happen to be along with all of my colleagues but of course what what in terms of expectations of, of outcome obviously sort of you know we all want to be the best vet that we can be as soon as physically possible and to feel like we can do everything i think you know it, it's realistic to say to, to younger graduates look you know you're not going to be a wizard by the end of year one. And guess what? Nobody expects you to be and nobody actually wants you to be because perhaps if you've spent so much time that you're a wizard by the end of year one, maybe you've not had other things and had that, that as, you, as you alluded to earlier, that balance in your life um, that is paramount for us not burning out in this profession. But what, what should people see as a sort of you know, ideal end goal for that sort of first year in practice? You know, where, where, where do... Where, where would a grad scheme look to get someone to in terms of their, you know, confidence and capabilities? Well, that's a really um, interesting point. And I think it also raises that grad schemes are different lengths. And, uh, and, and, and there is a lot of variety in what sort of support and CPD grad schemes will offer. Um, and that includes the length of time that you're in them. Um, our graduate programme just runs for a year. Whereas a lot of the corporate group graduate schemes run for, for two. Um, and I think that there's benefits and, um, and, and cons to, pros and cons to both, both, both sides. But um, for us, a year was about the right amount of time, as you kind of alluded to, to get those year one competencies going. 
And then you might well want to choose your own CPD and develop a little bit of an area of interest. You know, in year two was, was our feeling from the focus groups that we did. And of course, there is, there is a degree of, as with other industries, graduate programs tie you into a job um, and you owe the money if you leave early. Um, and so it's natural that employers setting these up would maybe want them for a little bit longer than an independent business who has no, um, no stake in, in, in that. And so, um, so our graduate programs a year, and, and really we aim towards um, the year one competencies that are, that are created by the RCVS. I think that's just a really obvious sort of goal point that the graduates will be given as soon as they open their PDP. Um, and that's what's great about the PDP is it does show you how much you're progressing. And I think it's so easy. I know myself as a clinical vet still, um, it's easy to go for a year and, and not feel sometimes like you've progressed that much. And that's what the PDP gives you is actually, I know if I was noting stuff down and reflecting, I would see the development because we're, we're all developing. You've said it, you know, we're all faced with new challenges, new diseases, new situations. And the PDP allows you to really map that out on paper and see physically in front of you what your progress has been working towards those year one competencies that are set out by the RCVS. So you're really going from day one competencies to year one competencies. There's a slight kind of, I guess it's slightly badly named because it's not necessary to get there within 12 months and it's going to be completely dependent on your workload. So, you know, many more of us are doing a four day week now. Well, that's going to impact because you're just physically not seeing so many cases. Many of us are moving to 15 minute consults. Again, you're not going to see so many cases in, a, in an hour period. So I think putting the 12 months sort of winter time frame on it is probably unnecessary and maybe just adds extra stress. And the RCVS have not done that. I think the average completion time takes 18 months to do the PDP, but it's still nice to have that year one um, kind of map in, in mind um, and to see how you're doing alongside those year one competencies, which are essentially that you should be going from needing some help in most procedures to actually by year one being able to do most procedures that are, that are common um, with our help competently. That's loosely what, what those RCVS guidelines say. And when you get signed off from your PDP, it's saying that you can attack most common problems competently on your own. Yeah. And I think that's it, you know, attacking and, and solving a problem isn't always actually, you know, getting to the bottom of it, is it? You know, sometimes it is a case of, I have no idea what's going on here. Off you go to someone who does. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's no shame. And, you know, I suppose it's the balancing act between an excessive reliance on referral and, and that sort of, you know, the, the, the uh, under-reliance on referral where you sit there and kind of go, you know, for me, it, it's a great asset to have. And, you know, I, th I, think, I think it's always useful for younger grads to hear more experienced vets saying, look, you know, referral is a great tool. And you don't have to have the answer to everything. And in fact, nobody expects you to have the answer to everything. But, but you know, try. And I think, you know, the one thing, I, whenever I speak to everybody in a referral centre, it's like, right, what have you done? Rather than look at a set of bloods and go, oh, my God, I have no idea what's going on here. Off you go. <laughs> you know, what have you done? What have you tried? And, and you know, where's your knowledge got you to at this point? Um, and, you know, what are you referring it for? Do you have a plan? And so on and so forth. And I think, you know, structured learning as a grad scheme is with, you know, with desired outcomes. You know, we look at the, the, the infiltration of, of the corporate world, not just corporate veterinary ownership, but other corporate structures with things like key performance indicators and objectives and key responsibilities becoming more and more part of our normal day-to-day -day life as clinicians now. I think, you know, structured educational learning is something that is really useful for us all. Now, of course, you know, one thing that would be impossible for us to ignore is the fact that 
2020 has uh, been a small blip on the radar of humanity. And, and I think it's obviously going to have thrown up challenges for you as, a, as, a, as an organisation. But of course, 2020 for the near year of the new graduates has been, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's safe to say it's basically like someone's dropped an atomic bomb into that phase of, of new graduate life for many of them. And of course, many people's plans have been completely scuppered. What, what, what challenges does that present? Because of course, people who will have been expecting to start work in, you know, January, sorry, in July, August, September, and, and may still not have started work. And of course, that, that runs the risk of, of our knowledge dissipating. Is there a way of them, you know, sort of engaging with, with you as an organisation to sort of keep their, their, their toes in the water, as it were? Or, you know, is there anything else that can be done for these people that haven't actually started in practice but are, are desperate not to lose that knowledge? Yeah, so I think it's a really important question. And, and back in, in spring, I was really worried about this. And we were hearing from a lot of um, upcoming graduates that, that they were worried about the recruitment situation as well. Um, actually, in practice, um, what we've seen is that most of the graduates that um, I, I've come across have now found positions. And um, there was a sort of sudden movement when the vet bounce back started, where actually there were a lot of routines to be caught up on. And quite rightly, a lot of practices identified that that would be perfect starting point for a lot of graduates to be getting those vaccines, getting those cat spays and, and cat castrates that actually had been postponed during the first lockdown. And so, um, to my knowledge, the, the recruitment situation for graduates has actually been okay, but was very terrifying at one point. There are a couple of graduates who, yes, I, I was working with with that in mind, and we were going to be, you know, creating some just free um, content for, for those grads if that did appear to be the case. But as I say, to my knowledge, that isn't the case right now that, that graduates are sitting out of work. Having said that, um, you know, it was it, it, this year. I mean, you, you don't want to predict what's around the corner, do you? Because it's just been so full on. And in water, full on time for them to start work as well. And, you know, just because they're in jobs, I mean, that's obviously better than being out of work. But also um, it's been really, I think it's been a really full on experience because a lot of practices are are obviously having to operate different types of timetables to create bubbles of work or their NPPE or their social distancing. And actually social distancing just physically means it's much more difficult to support younger members of the team um, because um, you might be thinking about, you know, operating with other younger members and how's that going to work. So um, it's created a whole new range of challenges in terms of the support we're able to give to um, to our younger members of, of, of the grad scheme. But I would say so there's also, I'm sure you've seen it, there's a great resource, which I've seen some grads posting on. So it's definitely not just a student resource, but Vet Wings on Facebook. Have you come across that, Ben? Yeah. 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 And it seems great. It's, and it's basically vets putting up cases and then everyone can just chat them through. And I, I've seen new vets posting on there just as much as I've seen um, vet students. So I think if, if you were in that position and you, A, do reach out to me because I'm always happy to help, but B, that's just a lovely place to kind of refresh your knowledge a little bit as a student or as a new grad. So, yeah, recommend that one. I think it's certainly something that even as a 12-year grad, when you look at some of the solutions, the things are like, oh, this is quite handy. This is useful. Uh, I'm just going to add you as a friend because you seem to be a good source of research. How long have you been qualified? Oh, I'm a fourth-year student. <laughs> Um, it's like you know it is and I think you know I'm, I'm always a huge fan that you know there is there is you know experience to inexperience learning but there's also the reverse of that 
and I, you know, I've learned an awful lot from younger vets over the last couple of years, not not just clinically, but also, you know, sort of to do with their approach to work and their approach to life and stuff as well, because there are, of course, societal changes in, in you know, what people are, are going to work for nowadays. I think, you know, as, as a profession, we sort of have to accept that, you know, the way we work will we'll need to evolve. And, and certainly, you know, we're on the, on the road to that happening. Uh, but, you know, I firmly believe it's an exciting time to be a new grad in this profession because, you know, we are very much um, a rapidly evolving profession. So obviously, you know, we're a couple of years into to, uh, grads to vets now and the, the wind is very much in the sails. Um, what's the future look like? What, what, are you, what are you hoping to do and, and, and sort of, you know, how are you hoping to, to, to improve the service and grow that over the years ahead? Constantly. Yeah, constantly. Well, on a personal note, I've just, uh, I, I'm sort of midway through uh, a certificate in veterinary education with the RCV, uh, RBC, which has been great, actually, and has really kind of given me a lot of ideas for how we can make that educational experience more valuable over the next few years. Um, so that's been really exciting. And, and that will run till September. So still lots and lots to learn. <laughs> um, another time commitment. Uh, uh, but um, on a more general level, we're, we're just constantly um, looking for feedback, developing, trying to work within this changing world, which is a challenge for any business, vet, vet or vet related. And so, as we discussed earlier, we've moved everything online for this year, but the hope is that we can keep the best bits of that online world going next year, but also add back in our really core practical days. Um, something we've been able to add this year is a, um, an evening case discussion group, which we have once a month. And it's, it's a Zoom call, super interactive, small groups with one specialist, either a diploma holder or certificate holder. And grads can submit in advance cases that they'd, they've seen, they'd like to discuss, they've found challenging. And then we just all talk through those led by the diploma or certificate holder. And that's something that because it's just an hour and a half on an evening, we never could have asked our graduates to travel across the country or from wherever they were coming to meet somewhere. You know, we had last year when we were running our purely attendance days, we had Swindon and Liverpool as our bases. So that was great. You know, everyone's everyone was nearish. Um, it wasn't too far to travel, but we could never have asked people to come once a month. So using those on the best of online, which does allow us to meet up more regularly, um, but also putting back in um, the things, fingers crossed, that, uh, that, that things are improved by, by September next year. So I think going forwards, that's going to be a big change for us, taking a more blended um, learning approach. And then, and then just steady, steady growth. You know, it, the great thing about the practices we work with is that the graduate scheme self-selects for forward-thinking practices because the forward-thinking practices are the ones that reach out and say, yeah, we'd love to have our graduate on the programme. And so we work with some really fantastic practices and, and we just want to grow that, you know, um, grow that steadily. The independent world is so exciting. And actually I feel, and I don't know if you've got a similar sense that, uh, that the opportunities and challenges posed by COVID have spurred quite a few more people into thinking about practice ownership and starting up so i think in the next few years there'll be some really exciting startups out there and what an amazing place for graduates to um to kind of fuel their passion for veterinary medicine than, than working alongside people who own and run their own business and are passionate about it you know i think that i think that's that's fantastic so we we know the independent sector is small compared to the corporate world but um it's not going anywhere and uh, and so you know that's that's brilliant for us 
Yeah, and I think that's it, isn't it? You know, there's. I really like this idea of this sort of. I think you, you referred to it as blended learning, and that sort of amalgamation of both physical and digital um, education. I think is a really, edu- uh, you know, really exciting space. Purely because, you know, let's face it, we're a sociable bunch of people, and and the networking opportunities that present. And and I have to say, you know. Every CPD meeting you go to is a great networking opportunity and, and I would actively encourage people to do this because it, you, you have conversations that you just make, you wouldn't have digitally. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly, you know, I've met some fascinating and completely bonkers people who are doing incredible things at, at, at meetings physically and of course you just don't have the quality of conversation um, digitally with them but I think the opportunity to blend those two together um, and give people that chance to, to share experiences because ultimately by sharing experiences and by sharing in the learnings from them everybody benefits um, and to me that is you know I've been so so fortunate to work with brilliant vets much 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 better than I am, um, you know, clinically over the years. Who, you know, those that probably I, I was that person that people would look at when you go to with, with a plan and sort of raise an eyebrow and sort of go, yes, you could do that, or you could do this, Ben. And uh, you know, you think having other people invest in you as, as a vet is is a privilege. You know, really is a privilege to have someone who wants to give of themselves to you to help you become a better vet or a better nurse is 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 no small thing um but of course then in the fullness of time it then becomes your responsibility and and you know hopefully your pleasure to to invest in others um and to see them grow and i think you know when we look at our, our plane of development as more experienced vets is obviously significantly slower and you watch these young grads coming out go, kind of you know really going up the curve and it's like it's fantastic to watch um, and i have to say i watch it with jealousy going god I, you know i wish i could go home um, I don't think I miss the emotional roller coaster of the highs and the lows day to day, but but that that upward curve of knowledge is fantastic. So I think I think what you're doing is brilliant. How can people get involved? Because of course there'll be some people who are new graduates whose practice doesn't have a grad scheme that isn't a corporate, but they're really interested in finding out about it. In fact, there could be people who are third year of vet school and going, when I graduate, I need to be on this course. Um, and if you're not, frankly, why haven't you thought? This? <laughs> But how can they engage, Lizzie? Yeah, so um, the first step would be to, to have a little look at our website. It's um, www.grads2vets.com. Emailing me is always a good starting point as well because I'm, I'm always on the end of an email and love to chat. So that's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, at gradstovets.com. Um, or we have got um, social media as well, although not as active as it probably should be. Um, so yeah, do get in contact, you know, and I'm always happy to chat to students. I've been really sad about the um, careers fairs this year because that's normally such an exciting day to go to the universities and just chat and get the energy from the students. It's fantastic to hear how excited they are about entering the world of work. And of course, this year, um, so far, they've all been in sort of online or, or, or postponed. And uh, that's such a shame. And I'm sure the students will be feeling that, um, that loss as well. So yeah, just, just, just do get in touch and we can just have a phone call instead um, and have a chat about it that way. Um, practices there's never too late really because we're we're a bespoke program um if you've got a graduate already and we have you know we have had a few this year who've started work and then practices have suddenly sort of thought whoa support what are we going to do um and so get in touch um and we can make out you know make something work for for 
enrolling graduates even later on um, in the year um, because support is better than, than no support, even if it's a little bit later in the day. Um, so yeah, do get in touch and love to hear from you. Yeah, and I think, you know, we look at a profession where, you know, retention is is something that's often looked at by practices now and they sort of struggle to retain good staff. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer and I think the vast majority of people that I know fall within this category where, you know, if, you, if you're actively investing in your staff and in their development and their well-being um, and, in, frankly, in their enjoyment of their job, then, you know, a happy staff member is someone who is much more likely to stay. So I think, you know, these are, perhaps I'm blinkered, but this is, to me, a no-brainer in terms of happy staff, staff stay, less recruitment issues, happier team, happier clients, healthier pets, everyone wins, and the Christmas party will be a wonderful thing when we're allowed to do it again in God knows. <laughs> Um, but Lizzie, it, it's great to chat. It's great to hear all the fantastic things. Thank you. And I think, you know, it is sometimes people take for granted things that that pop up and make a difference. So thank you for, for doing this because ultimately nobody else has. And, you know, it really is great to see new grads being supported. If you are an undergraduate and if you are a new graduate, this is genuinely one of the most fun times of your career. I know it's hard. I know it's stressful. I know there's times when you will get in of an evening, you will look at the bottle of wine and say, I could probably just straw pedo that right now. <laughs> um, but genuinely embrace it. Don't stress about it too much. There are fantastic organizations like this that are there to help your development. Um, and, and, you know, God knows what you'll be doing in five years. Some of you won't be vets. You will be on your way to being the next, the next batch of super specialists. And some of you will be GP vets. The important part is that you use this phase to find what you enjoy and to lead that onto the next phase of, you know, developing those areas of your enjoyment. So, um, you know, enjoy that new grad phase um, because you get it once. Or if you're like me and you decide that you hate equine practice after five years and you're going to go and do small leagues, you get to be a new grad twice. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. Lizzie, it's great to chat. And I, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing things in the future. It's been great, Ben. Thanks for having me on.